I want to share a short story. My relationship with y'all, the congregants at Hope Church, is still in the early steps of forming. And one request I've had was to share about my journey to ministry. I thought of this story as a metaphor for my early life, just a portion. So imagine a world where communities, families, and individuals are all stranded in a jungle, walking the same circular paths their parents, grandparents, and ancestors have walked for centuries. In a void with vines and trees and animal calls and insects and pouring rain and frightening nights, there is no easy way. Tripping, falling, ditches, scratches, bites are all inevitable. But at least they're familiar on the traditional trails. Needless to say, new paths are rarely created. In this jungle, there was a small family. And on the outside, they looked like they were happy backpackers, breezing through the long hikes and longer nights. But from the inside, it was clear they were ill-equipped, a bit oblivious, and agitated. When crisis struck, and they happened often in a jungle, the family's MO was to DDN, disengage, desert one another, and numb themselves to the reality. There was one child in the group who publicly resisted falling into line. At night, she dreamed vividly of bird songs, calling out to her, beckoning her to follow. And though the call pulled her into a deeper dark than she had ever been before, at the end of her destination, she would be greeted with a paradise, an oasis of water more beautiful than she had ever seen. The cool water would soothe her cuts and quench her thirst. The birds would sing all the louder here in their concert hall, and she would remember how to dance, how to create, how to play, how to be. When she awoke, she told anyone who would listen, and even those who didn't, her desire to see drink and swim in that large pool of glistening water. The puddles they drank from on the traditional trails were murky, and she desired more. To her surprise, her plans and dreams were not welcome and didn't spark urgency in her counterparts. In fact, they were put off by her intensity and obsession. It distanced her further from them, and soon she began to feel distant from her own dream. And the birds called out to her in her slumber less and less often. It was about this time she was pushed from her pack to wander the jungle on her own. This transitional period was stressful and lonesome. One night, while looking up at the dense canopy, she became still when she saw the bright full moon peeking through and had an epiphany. Perhaps her family needed her to go out and be like, like, a, like a scout or an explorer, a pioneer of sorts, on the search for peace, for those waters on behalf of all of them. So maybe she wasn't alone. Maybe she was sent. 
This brought her comfort to stop roaming with heaviness in her heart. She stopped numbing herself to the frustration and sadness of being misunderstood, her pain at being alone, and she stopped and stayed. She was present, mindful, and attentive to the world around her. Present, mindful, and attentive, cultivating fertile grounds for the magic of insight. A few days later, she was lying on a boulder, simply watching a lizard bask in the sun rays, and she heard, just barely, wait. Yes, it was. It was a bird. Like in real life, it was a bird. And it was singing ever so faintly in the distance. Joy flooded her, and she walked towards the bird's song, making a new path, until, like her dreams, she came to the waters of her heart. I personally was known for being a squeaky wheel in the family, the the not-so-fun friend. Why? (laughs) I I wasn't mean. (laughs) But I did ring the alarm to follow the bird songs, to find water, to forge a new path to risk it all in the daring attempt for authenticity and peace, which was partially fueled by fear that others wouldn't go find the water with me. If no one would join me, then maybe my dreams were audacious or unrealistic or annoying. And that fear is why I avoided the work of following the call sooner, even though I was loud about it. (laughs) I was in fear that I had been taught by a tradition as old as time, but when I was jolted by nature, I started to see my world and my part in it differently. I'm not a martyr. I'm a scout. I shifted my energy and focus to forging my own path, getting therapy, rebuilding my theology, healing my heart, and learning new paths to relating with my family and even to myself. I not only survived, but found the path and work rewarding and learned so much along the way. Then I did it again and again and again and again. So instead of fear, I hope my ministry and voice joins this choir of birds singing their, their songs of hope, the promise of magic, if the journey is dared and persisted through the resistance, a spark of encouragement along the way that strengthens the trust one has with their own inner knowing, the inner rebel who knows there is more. There's always more. Now I don't force people to join me. I trust that even if it doesn't seem like it, each of us, each of us has an inner pulse, endlessly beckoning one to the water. My hope was for authenticity and peace. But what is yours? What do you hope for at your core? Does your soul ache for healing true love or peace? Does your heart burn for justice? My call 
is to encourage and support humanity to stay in the void and do the sacred work that makes us human, fully, wholly alive. I want to do it in a way that is present and mindful and attentive. This posture, I believe wholeheartedly, allows the magic of insight to deliver us to the springs of gratitude and joy. This is my hope for my ministry, but each of us is called to do this too. To cycle in the furnace, void or jungle, of transformation again and again and again. We are all testimonies to our fellow human siblings that living is possible, that when in motion, we are resilient. Martin Luther called it the priesthood of all believers. Walt Whitman named it the priesthood of all people or the divinity of all people. And Zen Buddhists name it being a bodhisattva. Whatever the verbiage, the call is the same. To be in the void, trekking through the jungle for our sake, for humanity's sake, and if we create God or good in the world, for goodness' sake. Assessing anything in the status quo, norms, traditions, putting any of that onto the table is hard. I liken it to going to your individual foundation and pulling the bricks of assurance right out and taking a jackhammer to the concrete of norms and perceptions and being willing to bulldoze the base pillar of comfort. Now that does not sound like a walk in the park (laughs) or the kind of calling one would call sweet, easy, delicious. But I happen to know Most of you here have done this scary work in a public way. Many Unitarian Universalists have been on individual journeys that mirror the migration from blind trust and tradition towards dedication to evaluate, consider, and reassess. We have and still practice this by dropping incongruous beliefs entertaining the wise teachings of religions across the world and keeping our personal creeds open for revisions. Luckily, we have also experienced the magic, the benefit of doing this work. Being willing to live with and ask questions allows truth to be revealed and multifaceted. Our UU community continues to, instead of defending against, anticipating the need to move ourselves, move our norms and our ideas to be always in proximity to love, to side with love. We're backpackers ready to pave new trails because we know better. When we know better, we commit to doing better. By enduring the furnace, we gain a transformed mind and a more authentic and honest stance in relationship to other humans and institutions and ideas. This thinking ripples out into our choice to use fair trade goods in the fellowship hall, 
our dedication to environmental issues, our eager spirits to donate coats and gloves to vets, and our passion for rejecting and deconstructing oppression. Why? Because with a transformed mind, we can comprehend the plurality of existence, that we are inextricably connected, that your pain is mine, and that your oppression is either my compliance to the crime or alliance to the resistance. I will say that again, that your oppression is either my compliance to the crime or my alliance to the resistance. And I know you use don't clap or yell often in sermons, but here would be an appropriate place to feel something extra. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Because this, this awareness, this passion, this fire of insight, this is what I call the magic. And let me tell you, I'm an enthusiast for the holy work. (laughs) It brought me into life, and the source of hope, the birds guiding me on the way, make the returning journey to the forest sustainable and even optimistic. It's what I think makes life not just bearable, but beautiful. (sighs) However, friends, I am not immune from the resistance to breaking away from old routine. Less than a month ago, while visiting family in Ethiopia, I had to have multiple incredibly hard conversations. I felt the palpable pain of the person hurt, the pain of the issues gone unspoken, and had no idea how to start. What my part was, if I had the skills, would we be okay? Why do we have to do it? I didn't want to go on the journey. I wanted to snap my fingers and be at the waters of resolution, like, really fast. Church, even when confronted, (laughs) I didn't skip and dance into the conversation. I felt nervous and repelled to go into the furnace. Scared to mess with the equilibrium of our family, I wanted to leave the room, let alone answer the questions honestly, and essentially upheave part of our group foundation. Going into the void, acknowledging the jungle, engaging with it, is uncomfortable. I, who has dedicated her life to supporting humanity in it, I, who live for the magic, staying in the void and forging through the jungle creates, has been, will be, and just was, anxious and avoidant of the work. I regained resilience with presence, mindful, and attentiveness to the truth that if we go into the dense jungle, we make transformation possible. If the journey is committed to, through the suffering, the relationship, our perceptions, and later actions are all transformed, and we cycle back around, ready for another round in the jungle. My hope is to do this work here, too. I hope to do it with others who are committed to the relationship, 
to the process and determined to make it to the magic of insight, gratitude, and transformation. Hope, as a Unitarian Universalist church, I hope stays in the heat and does the uncomfortable work towards greater truth and authentic relationships. That this church vows to follow its vision and mission even more boldly in the next 50 years and knows that this sacred work is a testimony to other churches in South Tulsa, to each of your fellow congregations, to the micro and macrocosms of human existence, that transformation is not only possible, but beautiful and worth doing again and again and again. My hope for you individually is that you claim your truth, your power, and call even more boldly than you did yesterday. That you follow your heart's cry for justice, for healing. You could attend Actions Empowering three-day training happening February 10th or celebrating the feminine in leadership for a heart-filling, action-inspired half-day conference I hope that you dare to seek the stillness within you at Hope's in-reach small groups beginning in February as well. My hope for you is that you become a leader in the movement, the voyage to the water, and that you become a skilled follower when needed as well. Also, that you compassionately listen to your squeaky wheels, be it poor relationships, addiction, exhaustion, whatever it is, listen to it. Be present. Be mindful. Be attentive and concentrate so you can hear more clearly the bird song of your heart that is guiding you. And lastly, my hope for us in this intern minister congregation relationship is that we learn to trust one another and the bird songs enough that forging through the jungle just might become like a dance. We have the hard conversations. I hope we are willing to be wrong and eager to engage the heat. That we let even the most sacred beliefs or desires go through the furnace and know they will be refined and us more resilient for it, not broken. May we do the work, and may we do it together, and stick with it all the way to the magic. Thank you.